Hi again, everybody. This is the Big Idea Big Moves podcast. I'm Jamie Allison. and this is where we talk to the high performers out there. So people that have found success in their niches. Um, they're people from different walks of life, different types of things that they do, but they all bring a special type of circumstance or different success techniques that hopefully our listeners can kind of hear about what they've done to, to make a big move in their niche and, uh, and translate them into their own lives. So um, we have some really cool different guests. We've talked to athletes, we've talked to CEOs, we've talked to people who have just uh, um, been able to, to do something that's, that's really cool in, in their area of expertise. And so we, we have that again today. Just before we jump into that, a um, couple of quick things that we have to do at the front end is, uh, is if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that Jazz HR is one of our supporters. If you're a, a small or medium-sized business and you're starting to look at how do I go out there and, um, and recruit people or find the right people for moving forward in this kind of new era, um, they're a great solution to help with that. They help with everything with um, being able to post in the right sections, um, be able to track your applicants, um, and then uh, be able to uh, make sure that uh, that you can interview in a way that makes sense right now and in this type of environment. So check it out. It's at www.bigideabigmoves.com. You'll see a link on there and uh, it might make sense for your company. Um, the other thing that we're really excited about as well is that we have uh, a course that we're getting ready to launch as well. Um, it's called uh, the Goldfish Strategy, How to Stand Out in a Crowded Pond. Um, and that's about the other side of things about how do you get out there and get ready to find a job. There are a lot of people that are in that situation right now or deciding that they want to make a change right now um, and this is a, a really cool course that uh, that really gives you actionable steps to be able to do that similar to what we do in our podcast it's going to go through um, looking at uh, helping you set up your LinkedIn profile helping you look at your resume really finding out what is it that you want to do so all those cool things um, you can get on the wait list for that if you just again jump on www.bigideabigmoves.com and uh, and you'll be the first to know about it once it gets launched as well so that will be in the next little while so uh, that moves us into our, uh, our interview to today, for today. Um, really happy to have uh, Mario Rigby with us today. Um, he is uh, an eco explorer. So something that, uh, that you don't see tons of right now. It's kind of cool that he's, he's uh, an author, he's a speaker, um, a former uh, pro track and field athlete. Um, one of his most prolific treks um, was an epic two-year-long walk across Africa. So we're going to talk a bit about that today. He's also completed solo and unsupported cycling tour across the entire length of Canada. Um, he most recently, I know, also uh, um, kayaked the length of Lake Ontario. But his journeys are not just exhilarating to watch or to find out about. They serve another purpose. He's a strong advocate for the representation of diversity in the outdoors, sustainable enjoyment of the outdoors. Um, and just inspiring people to get out there and enjoy the outdoors around them. So uh, really happy to have you. Thanks very much for taking time. I know you've been busy lately, Mario. So, so thanks for taking the time with us today. Oh my God. Uh, thank you so much for that introduction. Um, <laughs> I got really, uh, I get really shy about that, but um, <laughs> I appreciate you um, having me on your show and uh, I look forward to, um, you know, I don't know, giving you all the information that you Yeah, need. well, we'll talk about lots because you've done lots. I mean, I, and, and actually the one thing that I, I thought would be a cool way to start is um, because this year is different than a lot of other years. I mean, it's not the opportunity necessarily to have been able to go out and do a bunch of stuff outside of kind of uh, um, your country and, and things like that. Um, but it also is kind of that perfect year, I think, for a lot of people, whether you're in Ontario or you're in other places around the world, 
to be able to explore a little bit about um, you know the things that are, are close to you. Have you found that in your kind of what you've been doing right now that there's also more people out there um, you know connecting with the outdoors than there might have been before? I think so right now you know I'm connected with a lot of outdoor brands um, yeah. whether it's gear um, apparel and a lot of them are saying that you know, people are actually purchasing a lot more gear right now for camping, hiking. Um, Even just to go to our outdoor retail shop right now, very difficult to find um, tents. And uh, bicycle shops are just sold out everywhere around Toronto. So, you know, people are really um, engaging in being more involved in the outdoors, which is a good thing for all of us, because the more of us are in the outdoors, the more of us really care. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing. I think um, when people get exposed to it, the majority of them, I think, you know, realize what they're missing. I think you see a lot of that right now, too. And, and so tell us a little bit. I know um, uh, this summer you did um, kind of your, your, your trek, I guess. The most recent one was, um, was doing something that was a little bit different for you is, is doing that kayak trip uh, across Lake Ontario. Yeah, you know what? I wanted to um, I wanted to do something that was a challenge to me. And you know, I've kayaked before. I've, I've kayaked the length of uh, Lake Malawi in um, in uh, in Malawi in yeah. uh, in Africa, and you know that was a uh, 550 kilometer expedition. And you know there were a lot of dangers involved. You know, hippos, crocodiles, um, mosquitoes with cerebral malaria. It's pretty bad. And then you have like you know conflict zones, you know, between the border of Malawi and, and Mozambique. And so, you know, I wanted to say, well, what can I do here in Canada, in my own kind of hometown in, in, uh, in Ontario? Um, provincially, what can I do to inspire adventure and to get people going out and still, you know, enjoying the, the great outdoors without having to travel halfway around the world where it's just really not necessary. It's dangerous due to COVID-19, but also uh, it's, you know, you don't have to do it and therefore you can save a lot on um, CO2 emissions as well. And, 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 and uh, also lack of plastics and things like that, you know, uh, carrying all your luggage and the tags. I can go on and on and on and how sustain- unsustainable it is. And, you know, I do it too, but I try to limit myself as much as I can. And so I, I figured, okay, well, um, Lake Ontario is literally 10 minute walk away from my building. So I could just walk there. And, you know, one day I looked out and I'm like thinking, huh, definitely would be cool to kayak this place. And I wanted to use a um, sit in sea kayak, which I've never done. I've never used it before. And, uh, you know, getting that kayak was very difficult because, you know, um, everyone was purchasing kayaks and, you know, canoes and things like that. So um, our outdoor retail shop, um, my, um, uh, whom I'm a bas- ambassador for, which is MEC, yeah. sold out completely. And I'm thinking, oh, this is, uh, this is not great. <laughs> so, you know, by the time I actually did get a kayak, though, it was about two days before my kayaking expedition. And um, so, wow. I, I, <laughs> so no practice time. You weren't <laughs> practice time whatsoever. I had one day. I had one day. I went out on the lake, and um, you know, it was all wrong. Like I was just, I didn't have shirt. I, I was, I didn't have a life vest. It was just really like pure raw. Here's a kayak, and you know, go yeah, yeah. go. I could, I could length of Lake Ontario. No big deal. 
And I realized also like how few people have actually um, attempted to do it. I don't think it's the most difficult thing to do. I just think that for some reason, people haven't looked at Lake Ontario and thought like, oh, well, let me traverse this lake. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, I think a lot of people like, because there's people that listen to this all over the place that they may not realize if they're thinking Lake Ontario, they might be thinking kind of a, you know, a, a smaller lake, but um, it is part of the Great Lakes system, which also means you did have to deal with, you had to deal with storms, you had to deal with things, especially if you don't have, um, if you aren't a real seasoned kayaker, those are things that probably, you know, uh, were, were a bit of an issue from time to time throughout that, that trip, I would assume. They were, there were situations where, you know, just uh, with a blink of an eye or even half of a blink of an eye, you know, you found yourself upside down, um, kind of like looking down at the lake. And just, <laughs> wow, what am I doing? I am in over my head. Yeah. I highly recommend people not to, to do it the way that I, that, that I do it, just yeah. as a disclaimer. Um, <laughs> well, I, I have been kayaking for months on end across, you know, one of the Great Lakes in, in, in Africa. Yeah, well, I do have that experience. It's just that I just didn't have that experience really in a sitting kayak. Yeah. So I, you know, I did understand like the water and, and, and currents and all that kind of stuff and what I need to do in those situations. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't want to, you know, let people know that, you know, there's yeah. some experience behind this. It wasn't just like completely learning how to kayak from nothing <laughs> yeah well and, and i i think that's important to know not just for for safety reasons obviously for other people that um and and we'll go through i mean you've done a lot of things that have built up to that as well and um but the the other side is is understanding that you know there's uh you you learn just as much as everybody else you're you're learning these things before you do them i think i think when people look at all the different things you do or have done they probably make the assumption you know how to do all of them really, really well, and you're just um, because I, I think I saw recently you tried stand up paddleboarding, and yeah. and that was was a learning experience for you. So it's not that you know you can go out and, and learn these things just as much as you know you're learning how to do some of this stuff too, right? Percent, and that's why I do a lot of these things. I do a lot of firsts. You know, a lot of people like to stick with what they what they know, and they want to you know perfect their craft, which is great. Um, and I like to do that too, but I also like to dabble into a lot of things that I'm completely unfamiliar with and I want to learn it. And not only do I want to learn it, but I want to be able to use it, you know, through some of my expeditions or adventures. So whether that's like traversing a continent or a great lake or anything like that, um, why not use a paddleboard or something new, maybe even fly an airplane, you know what I mean? So yeah. all of these different, to me, it's uh it doesn't even come to my mind that oh it's gonna be like a difficult like process to get there i'm just thinking like well you just go through the steps of learning like you know you look at a book you start doing research like well where, where do i get my license from okay cool i have to apply to this i have to put this much money into it okay cool so you put aside that much money you put aside that time you go out there and then you fly a plane and your life is good <laughs> <laughs> you're you're like making those bucket list items reality well maybe that's that's important because there's a lot of people who are probably listening to this thinking you know they'd like to do all of this stuff and and you can't just do all of it tomorrow it's it, but you have done it in, in a way that you know do you do you find you set goals often like do you reset them do you kind of figure out like how does that work for for mario yeah so um what i typically do is like let's say throughout the year um my one big project this year was supposed to go to none of it because of uh, covid19 i wasn't able to do that yeah um due to restrictions of going into that province 
And so I, I switched it over to kayaking Lake Ontario. And because that switchover happened within one month, I didn't have any time to train or, you know, yeah. I just went to all, to all my sponsors and I said, hey, listen, I'm doing this thing. Yeah. Instead of that thing. And I was lucky to have um, a couple of people just be like, a couple of companies be like, okay, cool, um, we'll, we'll support you. So um, Royal Canadian Geographic Society, for instance, they supported me and yeah. MEP as well and Prana. So yep. those two organizations were, um, were backing me. But also I've had experience with them in the past. I've done things with them before. Yeah. So it wasn't like, you know, like I was just- You're not like, an unknown entity that way. You, yeah. yeah. Like, All right, he's going to attempt this. <laughs> he's cross our fingers and hope that nothing happens. <laughs> um, but yeah, and you know, so what I do usually is like throughout the year, I'll have like mini adventures. And um, a lot of, what a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, my mini adventures- it's also a setup of what, what's going to happen in the next year or the year after. Ah. Essentially, it's just training for me to get to doing the bigger thing the next year. And that's what I did with Crossing Africa as well. You know, yeah. I started like small hikes. People are like, wow, this guy's hiking. Like he's never hiked before in his life. And then I, all of a sudden, then I did Toronto to Hamilton, which is 70 kilometers. I did that in a single day. I arrived at midnight. I left, I think um, I left around like 5.30, 6 a.m. And I arrived at midnight. And that was the hardest thing I've ever done. That was the longest walk I've ever had in my life. I didn't even have proper walking shoes. I just put a bunch of weight in my backpack and I just went for it. I had no gear, nothing. I didn't understand what to do. But I wanted my body to feel and understand what it would be like. And that's my method of preparing for the actual um, expedition, the actual trip. And then a week after that, a few weeks after that, sorry, I, I walked from Toronto to Montreal. And, you know, it seemed like an expedition, you know, it was like a story. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, man walks from Toronto to Montreal. But then little did they know it was training for walking across Africa. Ah, very cool. And, and uh, do you find when you're doing that, because it also probably builds a certain, like, do you, do you like other people? Are you talking in your head? Like if, if, if you're on your way and that's the first time you've done a 70 K in a day, it's probably about half, half that way. A lot of people think they're probably being telling themselves, what am I doing? What am I stopping this? Do you still have that happen? Or is it, do you, how do you overcome that? Yeah, so that's, I think that's the important part, you know, no matter what you're doing, whether it's sports, business, um, any kind of endeavor, really, you know, it's, I come from a track and field background, 400 meters is one of the toughest races in track and field, anyone will tell you that, um, they'll tell you between 400 and 800 meters, and that's because you're doing a long sprint, so you're putting in endurance, but at the same time, you're sprinting as fast as you can, training sucks every single day. You, you just you go like, why did I choose this? <laughs> but you have to convince your mind to go through it. And the way that I do it is, you know, I say to myself, well, I'm in this, I might as well push all the way. You know, if yeah. I'm going to put myself through pain, I might as well go to the very end, to the very limit. And so that allows me to constantly continually um, uh, growing or, or with my endurance and things like that. And each of that gets a little bit further every time. So you probably become that much more prepared for it. Exactly. Yeah. So, so tell, tell us about Africa then. I mean, that's obviously a, that's, that's a huge difference. I mean, you, yeah, it's uh, to, to people that have that concept of being 70 K in a day, that's, that's tough. But when they think of how long that took you to do that and, and probably even just all the things that you, you saw and uh, experienced as you were doing that, uh, uh, tell us a bit about that trip and how it affected you. 
Yeah, so I, definitely Africa changed my life 100% completely. And I believe that a lot of people who do go to Africa authentically or as authentically as they can, as in like not going to like a resort where they don't interact with the locals. Yeah. I believe that anyone that's gone there, everyone that, that I've met said it, changes, it changed their lives. And there's because, it's because there's a difference in Africa and in particular, particularly in rural Africa and, and a lot of indigenous communities there. And they believe in uh, Ubuntu, right? Which is, um, you know, all for one and one for all, where everyone believes that, you know, we live in a community. So one cannot be without the other. And, you know, to me, that's something that was, um, you know, kind of evident to me on each day um, for the two and a half years that I've walked the, the length of Africa. But what I've learned too is learning how to um, learn, um, uh, like learn how to create a solution out of a problem on the spot. Um, you have to be creative. You have to also not think within the box. So I had to take away all my thinking of how it is to be in the Western world. Like, you know, here we have all these rules already set up for us. This is like completely guided. We live in a very guided system. And all you have to do is just kind of like stay in that system and, you know, and it's kind of like going through a maze. But in, uh, it, you know, when I was in Eastern Africa, it was very different. It was just more like, well, you know, this can apply, yes, but, you know, you have to be very creative in the sense of like, well, like for instance, when I, when I didn't have food, um, when I was walking along the coast in South Africa, um, I thought to myself, well, okay, there's probably snails. I can go fishing. And then I realized very quickly, you cannot go fishing out there because the waves are just like yeah. you know, massive waves. And, you know, the, the, you can't really stand on the beach and like throw a line in there. Um, it's just not going to happen. And, you know, there would be times where the, the, I think the space between villages were about 120 kilometers apart. So what I had to do is like find like rocky areas, put a, um, an onion net that I found put some food in it and I'm hoping that some animals will go inside of it. And, you know, let alone you have prawns, you have lobsters inside. And so I had the most delicious breakfast that I could ever, you know, imagine. And uh, you build a little fire and life is good. And that's just because just being creative, you know, it's not like uh, thinking like, Oh, I forgot, you know, to bring my, my dehydrated foods with me, which I, I don't have my wallet and I can't just go yeah. next door and grab something. Right. So. hundred percent. And so what's happening in these scenarios and in, in, in the situations is that you're using your human cognitive skills at the highest level for what it was meant to be. Right. And I believe that every time, if you're constrained by rules and, and, and things like that, um, we're not necessarily using our cognitive skills at the highest possible level. Um, not to say that you shouldn't follow rules. I mean, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Do. But it's, it's to, you know, but you're also a human being, which means that you're an incredibly creative, intelligent being. And I think um, as individuals, we forget that because we're constantly bombarded through media, you know, people telling us, um, you know, that, oh, you have to listen to authorities and they know best. No, we all know best. It's just that they decided to look at information that taught them this information. You can literally look at exactly the same information and get to that level of understanding. And so that's how I see things. It's, it's literally not a problem to learn and do anything that it is that you need to do. For me, it was about life and death, you know? 
Yeah. Well, and, and so a lot of people, I, I would think that, you know, the, the lifestyle that you've been able to create for yourself, you know, with that kind of type of thinking, um, you know, it may seem so far away to some people and, and uh, you know, and, but um, you've been able to do it and it's not that, you know, you're, you know, you're a pretty accessible guy. So how, you know, how did you, how did you, how did you kind of create that? How have you decided that, you know what, I've, I've been able to um, create this lifestyle that I think most people would think they, they dream of. How did you do that yourself? I think you have to be authentic to yourself. And it's very difficult to be that way, especially in the space that I'm in, because, you know, you have to kind of like sell yourself. Yeah. yeah. Things like that, which, you know, I, I do. I, I sell myself sometimes. Sure. To uh, advertisement and things like that, you know, like you're, you know, you have, you have to pay your bills. Um, but at the same time, what I mean about authenticity is, you know, what is it truly? What is your purpose? What is your calling? You know, what is your North Star in a sense? What are you truly passionate about? What are you waking up to? And what are, I always ask this, like, what are you willing to, um, are you willing to sacrifice yourself for the thing that it is that you're doing, you know? So for me, I'm willing to sacrifice as much as I can to make sure that, you know, my message of bring, bridging the gap between humanity is, is spread as far um, and wide as possible. I want to be able to share with the world, you know, um, what indigenous communities are about, what, you know, far and remote places, how they can help the, how they can help us, how they can help the Western world, but also vice versa. I don't believe that, you know, in Western society, we are superior at all. In fact, we are completely obliterating the earth. How in the world can we say with a straight face that, you know, we are more intelligent or more superior when we're literally destroying ourselves? is a huge policy. And at the same time, you have other civilizations that you know, haven't necessarily evolved from you know, where they were thousands of years ago, but who's to say that that's a bad thing too? And so you know, how can we merge the, the two together? How can we have a, um, a, a technically advanced society that has a traditional communal sense of thinking about things? You know, and to me, that's the end goal. And I try to show that through my, my expeditions and things like that. Yeah. Well, and it, and it's that exposure to it, right? Like you, you're, you're that bridge. You're the one creating some of the exposure. If you, if people aren't traveling there themselves, at least you're able to tell the story a little bit and make that connection if they haven't been there as well. Exactly. And you know, your friends, um, and, and this is the hard part too. You will have a lot of your friends who will say, well, it's impossible. Don't do this. Your family will say this. Your peers, your teachers, your mentors, everybody will, you know, people will tell you that what you're trying to do isn't um, the greatest idea because they themselves will be afraid to do it. And so you have to be aware that that's going to happen. People will, you know, try to bring you back into the, the norms of society. That's the, and, and that's a normal process. And that's, you know, and I appreciate that, you know, I'm like, all right, I appreciate, you know, thank you very much. But I think I'm at this point now where people are just like, yeah, he's, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, you're a lost cause now. It's pretty much done, right? <laughs> he's not coming back, guys. <laughs> so, you know, the, I guess that's, that's one thing as well, is that you, you've touched on it a little bit, is in order to do what you do and to be able to get there, you, you do have to hustle a fair amount, I would assume, at diff different times. You know, how do you, how do you go out there and find, you know, whether you're looking at sponsors and things like that, um, 
do you do you talk to them more about the the experience what it is you're trying to do is do you do a lot about kind of how it'll help their brand you know how how do you make that connection because you do have to be able to do that with businesses what do you do to make that connection yeah so you know at first i was completely naive about a lot of things you know as, as most of us i just dove into it yeah and you know uh, i've been rejected uh by brand for the first like two and a half years three years actually yeah. Um, I've been doing this now for five and a half years. And for the first two and a half years uh, or three years, I've been completely rejected um, until a major uh, partner, you know, Western Union uh, yeah. brought me up. Yeah. And from that, I was, you know, they just the high production, like, you know, docuseries, commercials, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, money in my pocket as well. Sure. And, uh, so I had a salary from that. And from that, I was able to, to grow and it just becomes like a, a snowball um, uh, effect where a domino effect where, you know, one thing leads to the other. However, the way that I approach organizations is with my own solid philosophy that I believe. And, you know, I'll reach out to companies that align and match with my philosophy and my purpose kind of thing. Yeah. And I will try very hard to, to create, initiate a relationship with them. And I think that's the most authentic, long-term kind of um, way for you to, I think, successfully move in, in, in any career, really. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, because you could say like, oh, I want to work with this guy because they're, they're huge, um, but they might not align with your philosophy or whatever. So it, it looks good on paper, maybe, to your peers, if that's what they care about is prestige. Yeah. Um, and you'll burn out and you'll, you, you won't enjoy life. You know, you'll, you maybe you'll make some extra money. Um, but is that really something that, you know, when you're on your deathbed, is that something that you want? Um, and not only that, but, you know, being passionate about an organization, a company that you're working with, that you're partnering right. with, will also not make it seem like work. Like, you know, yeah. like I, I don't ever feel like I'm working right now. Even, um, you know, doing anything really. My life is what I love to do happens to pay my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you, you do have partners that are, uh, are very much a connection with your lifestyle. I mean, from what I've seen, so it, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it took time to build this partnership. It, it took time to, to, to garner their trust and my trust with them and vice versa. So, yeah. um, you know, I would say that it's, it's, it's about really, um, marinating your relationship with these brands yeah. and you know I think that's the best way to go at it. it it's like yes it's business but at the same time you have to look at it as like um, your baby in a sense right like yeah. you are the brand is the baby and you're building this brand and what's happening is like you are now merging with this brand and you want like how can you connect with other brands that will heighten your brand as well yeah. and yeah. the if you keep thinking this way, you'll always align yourself in the right, you know, in the right, uh, with, with the right people, the right places kind of thing. Yeah. Now you mentioned um, a bit about, you know, that, that idea behind uh, sustainability and that's a big thing for you. One of the other things is, is how do you make that connection um, of kind of diversity and in, in that kind of outdoor field and, and all of those companies and things like that, that, you know, how do you, it, it, that's something that, that I've seen has been very important to you. What, what would you say about that and, and that connection and how you maybe have been a good role model from that standpoint as well? Yeah. Um, 
I would say that, uh, you know, organizations are now like really paying attention to diversity in the outdoors um, or in the explorers world. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely due to, you know, I've been working on this for a long time. Yeah. Um, over, you know, and um, well, three years is not a long time, but it, it's still, you know, in, in this industry, quite a yeah. long time. Yeah. Because before three years ago, it wasn't even a topic conversation. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, I started to to look into like, well, why am I not being chosen for all friends, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, I guess I have to break some world records or something like that. But even yeah. then, it was more about, you know, getting people to understand that the more um, diversity there is in the outdoors, the more people you will have for your company. For your organization. It's just like, yeah. 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 Unfortunately it comes down to that too, right. To some businesses is understanding it's a market, which, you know, is not the way you want that to be, but if that's what starts to open the conversation. Exactly. So you go at it from a business point of view and that business point of view is that, Okay, well, if you look at, um, you know, POC uh, members around the world, um, you know, people of color around the world, yeah. they make up more than 5 billion people on the planet. Yeah, yeah. So why would you not want to include, you know, the rest of the billions of people that want Absolutely. to put money into your pocket? Yeah. And I'm that guy. And so, you know, and then, and, you know, I'm that guy that can build that bridge in a sense. Yeah. Uh, so long as it's uh, authentically, you know, where I believe if you're moving in the, in the, in the direction that I believe is the right direction. Yeah. Well, um, and hopefully that, hopefully it, you don't even kind of notice that fairly soon, but it's, it is yeah. something in, in outdoor stuff, I think, especially, especially here, it just, you know, it's, there's obviously an underrepresentation. It's great that, you know, you're that connection point. So. And, and you know what, that's actually just the first point. The second point is, okay, now that you have more people in, in the, uh, in the outdoors, as I yeah. mentioned uh, earlier on in our discussion, now you have millions of more people who are interested in the outdoors who will then contribute to trying to prevent uh, climate change from going out of control. And at the end of the day, that's, that's, that's what it's about. If, if, yeah. if, you're, if, if, if you're like, well, I don't really want minorities or POC people in my, in my ad campaigns, then you're limiting yourself entirely. And let's, and, you know, for me, it's even beyond like a racist thing anymore. Now it's just more yeah. like, well, it's a bad business move or yeah. it's a bad environmental move. Yeah. You know, environmental and social injustices cannot go without the other. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Hopefully we see that changing and, and you've done a, a good job about um, kind of bringing that to the forefront. So if there are people and let's say, and this is, this is anybody, if, um, there are people that hear this and are inspired by it and think, you know what, I, um, I do want to make sure that, you know, I, I may not have this idea I'm going to walk across Africa, <laughs> but, but I also do want to, to get out there a little more and be able to kind of, you know, really connect with the outdoors. And uh, do you have a couple of things that, you know, if, if there are p- things they could do right away that would, would get them moving in that direction, what would they be, Mario? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and it's what I did as well. So, you know, I, I didn't start off by, you know, hiking the greatest trails or climbing the, the tallest mountains. Just a regular guy from the city who decided to change my life entirely. But in order to have done that, I needed to start small. And, you know, as I was saying before, I, I walked from uh, Toronto to, Mon- uh, to Hamilton and then from Toronto to Montreal. Even that you don't have to do. It, it started with me. It started by walking 
45 minutes in the, the nearest park yeah. and sitting down in the park and just like really, you know, appreciating what's around me. And then I started to walk and then I was like, huh, you know what? My next goal is I'm going to walk the entire park. And then like walking the perimeter of the park. And then I'm like, oh, I, w- I want to walk all the parks. And then you just grow. And yeah. you're just growing. And that's, that's essentially what it is. And then you start to realize the things that you need. You're like, oh, man, my feet keep hurting. I guess I need shoes. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, you know, it rains sometimes. I need to bring a, I need to have a, a waterproof jacket, you know? Yeah. So that builds over time. And that can be applied to literally anything that it is you want to do. And there are so many things to see and experience that I think a lot of people don't push outside of those zones and and really kind of you know experience what's out there exactly yeah 100 percent. cool uh, all right so if if people want to follow you i know that uh, you're very active on things like instagram and all those things why don't you tell us a bit about how do they how do they follow you how do they get in connect and connected to your messages um yeah so you can definitely go to my instagram so you know actually it's funny because my instagram um started like kind of accidentally yeah um, I started posting a few photos. It was just to like my closest friends and because I wanted to let people know that I'm going to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then one of the news, I think it was CTV that, um, that did a story about me before I left. And all of a sudden, you know, like my Instagram, it started going a little bit nuts. Yeah. And uh, people started asking like, hey, like, can you take some photos of this, this and that? And then like all these requests started coming in. They're like, I really, we want to see what's out there because we don't really know, you know, and you're doing this. You're going to be one of the few humans on the planet that has the opportunity to run into 130 different uh, tribes. Yeah. You know, wow. or going to places where, you know, it's been untouched. And not only that, but it's instead of like me, the Western person going to Africa, trying to help, it's the other way around. It's uh, African people who are trying to help me. Yeah. You know? Um, it's it's incredible, and, and and to document that was so important for me because I wanted to to show people the light of Africa, what it was about, not the you know typical story that you see um, where you know we feel sorry for them kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I wanted to show a um, an uplifting Africa, and and that's what I saw, and that's what I experienced, and you know that was the majority of actually what I experienced. And so anyway, so that's how my social media started. Very and, cool. Um, that's what I'm continuing to do through Instagram, through uh, Facebook. And, you know, um, you know, if I can do a shameless plug, my Instagram is at Mario Rigby. Yeah. Do it. Uh, be as shameless as you need to be. Cause that's, I, and if you haven't went on Instagram to, to kind of check out that it's, it's don't just follow it, make sure you follow it, but then also look back at some of those really oh. cool pictures and cool kind of videos that you had from, from all of those different adventures. But um, there's some really cool stuff on there. So that's actually a good point really is that, you know, I've actually kept a lot of the, the stories uh, live. So I've saved them. You know, a lot of people don't like too many stories, yeah. but I'm like, you know, it's life and life is very abundant. Life is full. And, and you know, I try to curate in a way where, um, it's not messy, but there's still a lot of content and a lot of information. So when you, yeah, when you do go on the, uh, the, the Instagram or Facebook, then you'll yeah. see that um, there's a history of interviews and conversations I've had with, with local people um, around the world. Um, even there's um, a time where I went to Abu Dhabi yeah. to look at Mastar City, which is, you know, I was invited by one of the sheikhs. Um, wow. to look at uh, Master City, which is the, I think the world's only sustain, 100% sustainable city on the wow. planet. They have this device where they suck 
moisture from the air in the desert, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You can create five gallons of water. And it costs around $2,500. Really? Yeah. And wow. so, you know, and they're using it. It's, it's practical, yeah. usable technology. And the city is just like, just so like, this is where we need to be. Like, why don't we have this around the world, you know? Wow. Well, and, you know, now if you slowly get that message out in different ways, then more and more people will know about it. And hopefully we get there, right? Like, that's, uh, that's great. Well, very cool. If you haven't, if you haven't connected, make sure you do with Mario. And uh, you know, it's it's been a real pleasure hearing about your hearing your stories, but also the the great kind of philosophy behind it. So that's that's I think one of the big uh, kind of cool parts of this interview. So I, I appreciate again you coming on today, Mario. And and anybody who's listening, if you haven't um, hit subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're on, make sure you do that. We have lots of uh, great guests like Mario on here that uh, when we have it every week. So make sure that you do that. Um, the other thing is check out um, the uh, website, which is www.bigideabigmoves.com um, and check us out on uh, Instagram as well. And uh, when we have kind of all of this information, then we'll, uh, we'll make sure we get that sent out. We'll send out Mario's uh, Instagram and everything else in the show notes. So if you missed it here, just go on there and we'll have the click through and, and you'll be able to see everything. So, uh, so thanks again, everybody. And uh, we'll talk again soon on Big Idea, Big Moves. Thanks, Mario. Appreciate it. Thank you so much.